3: welcome to it folks another edition of rush hour presented by Bet rivers we are live out of the Bet rivers sportsbook huge monday night to look forward to we already got some monday night football with the raiders and the browns las vegas with an early 7-0 lead we'll keep you updated on that game if anything exciting happens but here in the chicagoland area we are well I guess somewhat looking forward to the matchup tonight against the Vikings. Betting wise, sure. In terms of being a fan, well, maybe not. It's going to be a tough go around for the Bears, who are one of these several teams depleted because of COVID-19 protocols. We'll get into that momentarily, as well as some first half betting angles like we typically do here on Rush Hour, looking at the money line spread and total to kick things off. But looking forward to the remainder of the show, let me tell you what else we got on the docket 15 minutes from now. Host of the New York City cast, Will Hill. He will be hopping on to share his thoughts for Monday Night Football and Tuesday Night Football. A couple of games on Tuesday. It's that weird point of the season like we saw last year because of the unfortunate turn of events with the virus affecting pretty much every dang game. So we got some uh, almost middle of the week football action that Will will preview with us in 15 minutes. Then, a half hour from now, how about from PFF, Eric Eager? Always love getting Eric on, analytical viewpoint, and just a game to game perspective. I want to discuss with him tonight and also Tuesday, naturally. But let's also ask him about the MVP races. Aaron Rodgers, now the clear front runner after Tom Brady's mess last night. And what about Coach of the Year? This has been. Just the most contentious race, I feel like, as of this point. It's going to be coming down to the wire. Cliff Kingsbury kind of shot himself in the foot. You know, Brandon Staley had his opportunities. Is Bill Belichick still the guy? I'll ask that to Eric in about a half hour. 45 minutes from now, Danny's dime slash prop shelf, the top props for Monday Night Football with the Bears and the Vikings. I've got several plays for that segment, so that'll be in 45 minutes where we'll unravel all that good stuff. But let's kick it off. Updated lines, injury status, all that really info, getting you ready for Monday Night Football. This line has now gotten up to seven. So originally it opened up four, then COVID came around, and now the Vikings are laying seven. And I hate that I'm almost talking myself into taking the points with the Bears. You guys know how much I rag on them. You know how hard it is to back this Bears team, especially with the depleted defense. But to me, the Vikings offense was still going to ravage through the Bears defense regardless. But every game seems to come down to the wire for the Vikings. Minnesota has struggled against Matt Nagy for whatever reason. Primetime game on the road. I don't know why, but it's hard not to consider now taking the seven points with the Bears. Will I do it? I don't know if I want to suffer through that more than i already have to as a bears fan but it's tough to look the other way now that it's at seven in terms of this total this thing opened 43 and a half got the 44 i pretty much been saying i would take the 44 all week i personally didn't and i wish i did because now this thing is at 46 and a half shade well no it's minus 110 each way it was shaded to the over but now you're seeing it Minus 110, so the over is getting a lot of late steam in this matchup. Again, I don't think Minnesota's going to have any problems scoring, but if they're going to do what they typically do, which is keep it to a one-possession game and let the other team come back, then the Bears should be able to put up enough points to help aid this thing going over. I think stay away from the over now, though, because you missed the best number. Maybe wait in game. Maybe go with the individual team totals because there, of course, is still the chance that the Bears just put up an egg out there I mean Ryan this offense is so volatile and you don't know what Nagy's going to scheme up so it's really impossible to get a gauge in that type of perspective but I would lean toward the over but ah oh, man I'm just really getting close to taking these points with the Bears I don't want to do it but the seven seems too hard to pass up we'll see how my emotions are by the end of this hour but let's get you squared away with some injuries we still don't know with Adam Thielen his status is up in the air we'll keep you updated if anything comes out within the next hour some of the players on the COVID list for the Bears, Jalen Johnson, their top cornerback, Tashaun to Gibson, uh, you got Allen Robinson, Jesse James, Eddie Jackson, Ryan Null, Coulter, the wide receiver, Eddie Goldman, Kamara, Artie Burns are missing all their starting cornerbacks in this game. And then you're missing Eddie Jackson as well with a defense that's already been bad. Already been banged up, and now it's getting even more depleted. So that's why you're going to see Minnesota presumably have a really solid game offensively with the weapons they have. But, of course, a big part of that is Adam Thielen. We will see his status. And even if he doesn't go, you still got Osborne, you still got Jefferson, and you still got Dalvin Cook. So that's really the significance in terms of all the injuries. And the Bears are missing coordinators except for the defensive coordinator. But the rest of them, special teams offense, you know, they're going to be out because of COVID. So we'll see what Matt Nagy has dialed up maybe now that he's not restrained as much that he if he was at all beforehand. But let's dive into the first half betting analysis of this game here on Rush Hour. It is time for my better half. And instead of looking at the full game with the spread money line in total, let's look at the first and second quarter. First half three-way money line, the Vikings are minus 182. The Bears plus 188, and a tie is 11-1 if you think they're knotted up. Mano-y-mano heading into the second half. Bears on the first half money line, 6-7 this season. Minnesota ain't too shabby, 8-4-1 straight up on the first half money line. Now, you could do the first half three-way where the tie is implemented. You get better value, but if it does push and you don't bet it, you lose. Or you could do the tie no-bet. If it does push, you get your money back. Not as good a value. In this instance, the Vikings minus 220, and the Bears are plus 170. If you're more interested in the spread, the Vikings Lane three in the hook is minus 115. However, if you want to take three in the hook with Chicago, it is minus 106. If we set every first half for Minnesota with a line of them being a a three-and-a-half-point favorite, they would have covered that in just six out of thirteen games. The Bears were catching three and a half in every first half. They would be seven and six ATS. Yes, this has a chance of being a close game in the first half, but because of all the unknown and unfamiliarity with this Bears defense and the first matchup between the two teams, I don't have as much faith for the Bears to keep it close right out of the gate. Now on Friday, when I was doing the Chicago City cast, you know we do all the city casts with Bet Rivers, so check it out wherever you get your podcast. I was previewing this first half. And the line was still 3.5, but in terms of the money line, the three-way was like minus 157, and I kind of wanted to play that with Minnesota, but now that it's upwards to over minus 180, I don't really see a betting opportunity in terms of the money line or spread because of the unknown and the uncertainty with both teams, frankly, in this first half. But what about the total points? Could there be anything worth a play for the total points in the first half? On Friday when I previewed it, it was 22.5. Now it's moved up to 23.5 in the first half, and it is shaded to the under, minus 124, the over. You're getting a little bit of plus money, plus 102 now this season the Vikings again offensively they're not terrible but they've only gone over 23 and a half in six out of 13 games but when the number was set at 22 and a half the record was actually eight and five to the over so that one point is significant in terms of the first half for what we've seen this season for the Vikings and when you look at the Bears well it doesn't really matter too much because their first halves have consistently been lower scoring they've only had a first half over 23 and a half points in three games out of 13. When their defenses showed up, it's been in the first half, except for a couple spots. So you could understand why the under is shaded that way, minus 124. But I think there's a little bit more, I don't know, maybe conviction for the total points for individual teams in the first half. The Bears are at 9.5, in which they've only gone over in 5 out of 13 games. But the Vikings have allowed opposing teams over 9.5 first half points in 10 out of 13 games. The three teams that didn't is when they shut out Pittsburgh, That was their last game. Dallas had three, and Detroit in the first score round had just six. Can you trust this Bears offense to get 10 points in this game? Really offensively, besides still how bad their offensive line is, they're not missing anybody that's going to change my mind of how I would handicap this. Allen Robinson's out, big whoop. He hasn't done anything so far this season. They don't utilize him. Whatever you want to clarify it as, it doesn't make a difference. The difference is, how are they going to scheme this offense? Are they going to get David Montgomery involved? Is Justin Fields going to have time? Is he going to have protection? Is he going to have the right play calling available to him? And you just don't know, once again, because Matt Nagy is so unreliable and so inconsistent and continuously in terms of where he is consistent, doesn't do the right thing. So it's hard to trust the Bears in betting one way or the other with this at nine and a half because the Bears offense has been bad, we know that, but at the same time, the Vikings first half defense have allowed 10 out of 13 opponents over nine and a half first half points. But maybe you have a little bit more consistency, with the Vikings in the first half with their total points. Was 12-and-a-half, now it's 13-and-a-half. When it was set at 12-and-a-half, the Vikings had gone over that in 8 out of 13 games. But now that it's at 13-and-a-half, the record is 6-and-7 to the over. Again, one point making a big difference in the first half. The Bears have allowed opponents to get more than 13-and-a-half points in the first half just four times, only four times. But if you're looking for anything in the first half, I think that would be my top one. If you can get the 12 and a half, even better. But 13 and a half for the Vikings total points in the first half would probably be at the top of the list. Not an official play, but the strongest lean for the first half. Now let's talk about any time touchdown scores that you should keep in mind if you're looking for a little bit bigger payouts or just any other type of bet. So to keep in mind, the Bears defense, who, again, is missing all their starting secondary members, they have allowed 24 passing touchdowns this season, okay? Okay and now they're missing their starters. The Vikings have thrown 27 passing touchdowns. We don't know what the deal with Thielen is, but his value was plus 185, and he's a top red zone target for Minnesota. So if he plays, that's a good angle to take, or if you want a little bit more value, especially because it, Thielen is going to be out. Jefferson, you're laying a price. We don't like to do that with any time touchdown score, but Osborne, who has four touchdowns, is plus 210 for an anytime touchdown score. Keep that in mind. K.J. Osborne for a little bit better value. As for the Bears, Let's consider David Montgomery. Slight value, but enough to make it worthy, potentially. Plus 112 for any time touchdown score. In three career games versus Minnesota, he's gotten three touchdowns. He's only got four this season. The Vikings have allowed 12 rushing touchdowns as of this point. Montgomery has to be a main source of this offense to have success. Other guy to consider if the Bears can and will maybe pass it in the red zone. I think Jimmy Graham, just based on value, could be worth a look, plus 550. He's got two receiving touchdowns, and both have happened the last two out of three games. He's getting utilized a lot more so in the red zone as of late. Cole combat really just hasn't been utilized in that spot and hasn't gotten as many looks as us Bears fan fans would hope he would as at this point but Graham for whatever reason has been the guy down there and the Vikings have allowed four receiving touchdowns to opposing tight ends the last four games so a little bit longer of a shot but better value naturally so that's how I would look if you want some other unique betting opportunities for Monday Night Football. We'll keep handicapping this game next and the games for tomorrow with the host of the New York City Cats Will Hill joining us here on Rush Hour. Stick around. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. You've got CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local Citycast wherever you get your podcasts and get hooked up several episodes a week. Solid local sports betting content. And joining us now here on Rush Hour is the host of the New York City cast, and that is Will Hill, at not the Will Hill, on the tweets. Not only does he contribute with the New York City cast, but with Point Spread Weekly and much more here on Beeson. But Will, it's a uh, it's a strange time for us football backers, fans, whatever you want to call us, betters, all the above. Because of COVID, we've got games in a lot of weird spots. we got the Browns and the Raiders right now. We've got the Bears and the Vikings look forward to tonight and some games tomorrow, which we'll look forward to. But talk to us about the Bears and the Vikings. Now, I I think if I'm not mistaken, you kind of lean with the Bears. And I was like, all right, if the spread gets up to seven, I might have to take a little piece of Chicago. But the fan in me is like screaming, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Is there a reason why you would take the points with the Bears tonight? It's very simple, Danny. You
6: can't lay points on the road with Minnesota. I don't care who's playing for Chicago. I don't care who's not playing for Minnesota. This is a Vikings team that cannot be trusted. Uh, they keep their opponent in the game no matter who they play. Now they play up to their competition, but they also play down to their competition. Whether it's the Lions uh, last week versus the Steelers, getting up twenty nine nothing before you know it. the Steelers are throwing the ball into the end zone with a chance uh, to get a touchdown and tie for the two point conversion. It's just it's not a Vikings team you can trust. Cousins on prime time, you know if you get him out of his routine. From what everyone says, he's uh, you know borderline OCD where he's got his habits, his routine, and once you throw him off, uh, and the numbers bear this out, he's just not the same player. So. Look, I know Chicago is missing a lot of guys. Maybe you can, you know, get some prop, uh, prop prices you like in terms of over for receiving yards for Jefferson, and maybe you figure, you know, what to cover for those deficiencies in the secondary. Chicago just plays really back, really conservative on defense. They drop eight or nine guys, and Cook can have a a nice time and you know have a big night running the ball. So uh, I think the Vikings will move the ball. I think the Vikings will win the game. Uh, I just can't get there with the six and a half and. you you might as well wait for a seven at this
3: point. Yeah, and I think what you bring up is the important part of this, is that regardless, it's uncanny how virtually every game comes down to one possession for the Minnesota Vikings. And the Bears being depleted, yes, that is important, but Will, to me, The Vikings' offense was going to put up a substantial amount of points regardless of if Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson, and company were in this game. But I think what's more important in terms of the Bears covering with the spread at 7 is what they can do offensively. And offensively, we know their O-line is bad, but they're not missing anybody really significant offensively aside from Allen Robinson, as I was talking about last segment. Doesn't make a difference to me or should it for anyone in terms of the spread.
6: Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. It's a good point to raise. Uh, look, and, and another aspect to look at this game is a rookie quarterback, versus Zimmer, who, look, the Vikings don't have good numbers on defense, but uh, he's somebody who can throw from what everyone says, really complex looks at you, really complex blitzes at you. So, uh, you know, Fields, I think, will move the ball, but you got to worry about, you know, a turnover here and there. So uh, you, you definitely bring up a good point. And, and like I said, I think the Vikings will get their points. Uh, i just look at the vikings have lost 16 out of 21 in chicago dating back to 2000. they've lost five out of six to the bears straight up head to head over the last few years so this is a, a house of horrors for the vikings this is a matchup for whatever reason the vikings don't do well in so you know, i still would lean towards the bears here but you know I, I it's just it's so hard with all these you know unknowns in terms of who's playing and who's not playing
3: Yeah, well, same goes for the games tomorrow, Will. We've got the Rams and the Seahawks, Eagles and the Washington football team. Let's begin out in L.A. with the Rams and the Seahawks in that division battle. Where the Rams, the line went down to 4.5. Now it's back up to 7 at-bat. Rivers in favor of the Rams. This totals at about 45.5. What did you take here? Or if you didn't, what are you maybe considering taking for this matchup?
6: Yeah, you missed the best number with the Rams, but it doesn't mean you can't still play it Similar to the Vikings Bears, I just think maybe a team total with the Rams over is a good way to go. I just think uh, that the Seahawks, who really struggle against the pass, really struggle in the secondary. McVay, who's a good offensive coach, will have extra time here uh, to prep and really exploit this Seahawks defense. Uh, so I think the Rams will move the ball. I could see them scoring in the 30s. I see like a 30 to 20 type of game up. You know, Wilson's looked a little better. If you look at the timeline from when he broke his finger, or hurt his finger. He really rushed back. Now is the time where he should be healing, and it kind of matches up with his play. He struggled the first time a couple times back. Uh, Personally, I think he was, you know what, he liked the attention. He was trying to be a hero coming back too early. Well, guess what? He scored like two touchdowns his first three games back. Now he's starting to look look a little more like Wilson, so I I would lean towards an over here, but uh, I think the Rams win. I I think they probably cover. I just think uh, Seattle's going to have a hard time stopping them.
3: Do you think that this could be a good teaser opportunity if you're thinking the Rams win, maybe played, safe, tease down Los Angeles, either pair it with the Vikings tonight or maybe the Eagles tomorrow who are laying six and a half? Is that something that crossed your mind? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great point. You get through the seven, you get through the three. Uh, Hard to see Seattle. Now, Seattle, if they could ever
6: win this game, which I don't think they will, I think you make a good point. I think the Rams will win. If Seattle could ever win this game, uh, they got, I believe, Detroit left, Chicago left, and maybe Arizona doesn't need the game week 18. Seattle could still get on a run here with, you know what, they get, not, get to 98 and put themselves in the mix. I don't think that will happen. I do think the Rams win the game tomorrow, uh, and thus are a good teaser piece.
3: All right, well, let's get a little bit further into that NFC East showdown tomorrow, Will, with the Eagles and the Washington football team. It looks like Jalen Hurts is going to play. was speculation whether it's going to be him or Minshew, but the last news I saw at least was that Hurts is going to have a great shot at starting. This line is at 6.5. Washington, uh, Washington, another team that is completely plagued with COVID-19 protocols. Short total at 42. Slightly shaded to the over, though, minus 112. I know we just talked about the teasers, but aside from that, is there anything that you would like in this matchup?
6: Yeah, probably an under, uh, you know, it's weird. Washington has played a lot better on defense. Once Chase Young got hurt, you figure, you know, he's the face of the defense. Everyone knows Chase Young. They haven't played well on defense. He's going to go out and they're going to play even worse. Well, it's going the other way. They've played better for whatever reason. I know some people think there's some scheme things there that he plays on He rushes up the field. Yeah. Uh, Philly has really had this newfound running game where, you know, the first couple months of the year, everyone's like, just run the ball, just run the ball. They were doing it efficiently, but they weren't doing it a lot. They've really uh, adopted this new style of football where they, you know, grind the clock. They run the ball. They use Hertz's legs. They use their running backs, which you know they got a few productive ones. So uh, I would lean towards an under here. I think it'll be a, a conservative game. It's a weird game. You know, it's a flashback to last year where, you know, we're getting Tuesday night football at seven o'clock at night. It, it's very strange. Uh, It's fun. I like it. Two games tomorrow, you can't complain about it, but uh, I'm not sure what to expect. I would lean towards an under and kind of a sloppy game, kind of like what we're seeing right now with the Browns and the Raiders, where it's just ugly football, uh, and you can see that there's some guys filling in that are playing that necessarily wouldn't be playing otherwise.
3: Yeah, that game's still 10-0 right now. As I'm just looking to the right at the big screen, Nick Mullins throwing some dangerous passes out there, and I'm sure you'll see plenty more throughout this game. But, hey, Will, before we let you go, I know you talk about it a lot on your city cast, but what were some of your biggest takeaways from this past weekend? I mean, of course, we saw the Patriots fall finally against a tough matchup in the Colts, and then a team like the Cardinals lose to the Lions somehow. But what were some of your biggest takeaways that might alter your mind in terms of handicapping down the road?
6: Well, I mean, your arch rival there in Chicago, the Packers had a good weekend because they got a chance now with Arizona losing, Tampa losing, they can really uh, get that, that coveted one seed, and Rodgers got a chance to really steal the MVP with the way Brady played, so uh, the Packers, if they can get the one, now look, it didn't work out for them last year, but if they can get the one seed, that's a huge leg up, and the Chiefs, after a three and four start, they look up, they're ten and four, they've won six in a row, uh, they are in great shape, I think they've covered four four or five in a row for a team that you know went a long time without covering, so uh, as crazy as it's been, you look up, the Chiefs were a favorite, the Packers were a favorite beginning of the year, and things are kind of rounding back that way where both of those teams look uh, like they're headed for one season.
3: Oh, that's, I know that. And that game, too, Will, I mean, that's been the biggest reaction just because of Harbaugh's decision, and I've certainly ranted about it many times in the past 24 hours, but you're right, the path just gets easier and easier, it seems, and always seems for us Bears fans for Rodgers and the Packers. But it was a crazy week, and still a few more games to go. Will, we appreciate you helping us handicap, and I know you're crushing it on the New York City Cats. Keep up the good work, and we'll look forward to catching up soon.
6: beasoncom slash podcast. Check it out. We're killing it. And check out Danny's show as well. Everyone does a good job, so check those out. Thanks, Danny.
3: There you go, Will Hill folks at not the Will Hill on Twitter and like he said vison.com slash podcast host of the New York City Cast. Get you squared away with all things New York and he'll have more coverage with the Jets and the Giants going forward and the biggest news for the G-Men is no Danny Dimes. Daniel Jones that is for the rest of the season if you still want to call him that but I guess maybe it's going to be the Mike Lennon show the rest of the way and that certainly scars uh, some of the people here in the sportsbook at the Pat River Sportsbook that is here in the Chicagoland area we are all too familiar with the Mike Lennon experience so good luck Giants and uh, hey maybe it's not going to be any different than anything you've seen for the prior parts of this season but look we're still going to preview tonight's NFL affair Monday night football with the Vikings and the Bears because Eric Eager of pro football focused he's gonna be joining us we'll see if he's got faith in the Bears or if he likes his Vikings tonight and of course we'll get deeper into tomorrow's slate with him but even what I'm more excited for is talking coach of the year and MVP with Eric he always goes into the analytics of things and now the MVP conversation has certainly been shook up after Tom Brady faltered to the Saints losing some of his receivers is Aaron Rodgers the rightful favorite and who's the favorite in his mind or NFL Coach of the Year. We'll discuss that and much more coming up next here on Rush Hour. Eric Eager joining us.
5: This is Rush Hour
3: on VSN the sports betting network. Save 50% off a V-CEN All Access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. You get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule. It also includes our exclusive betting splits, showing you where the money is going on every single game. Sign up today and you'll also get our daily best bets, emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our all-new College Bowl betting guide covering every bowl game for only $39. You can get that at vsin.com slash subscribe, vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the show. It is Rush Hour here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Danny Burke5 for VSIN at VSIN Live on the tweets. If you don't know, we are live out of the Bet River Sportsbook with a jam packed crowd getting an early Monday night football game and one more to look forward to tonight with the Bears and the Vikings. And here to help us handicap that and much more, Eric Eager of PFF at pff underscore eric on the tweets eric always love your content not only from twitter but what you do at pff especially from the analytical perspective so tell us what you're thinking for tonight's game with the vikings and the bears now the spread at bett rivers has gotten up to seven and the total's been bumped up to like 46 and a half which i actually agree with because it was 44 for most of the week bears defense is depleted you got to figure minnesota is going to have offense but is there anything worth getting involved with at this point in your eyes
5: yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, our, our models kind of, I wouldn't even say shade under, but just like don't like the over here. But a few of my colleagues have, have said, Eric, you know, this is an over I like, and 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 since then it's moved two points. So I sort of respect that a little bit. Um, this this number, what started at three and a half, now is out to seven. I can see that as well. I, I think that the the fact is, though, like the Vikings have, have never, you know, Zimmer turned it around a little bit, but they've never really played that well at Soldier Field. Um, you know, they've never played Justin Fields before. Um, you know, Justin Fields is sort of a an athlete that can make plays. We saw him uh, do some things against Pittsburgh the last time he played a Monday Night Football. We even saw, you know, the Bears uh, with a game effort against the Packers last week uh, as double-digit underdogs. Uh, you know, basically, you know, coin flip to cover that spread. So, if anything here, I'd probably take Chicago getting the points. All the Vikings games, even the one the last week where they got out to a 29-point lead, they all seem to sort of land uh, in, in one score, and I don't see tonight being all that different. Uh, I am betting Jeff Justin Jefferson overs uh, a disappointing night on Thursday night last week with a bunch of drops. Uh, I think he'll go over. I think I got the number at 96.5 or something like that.
3: Yeah, so I guess you know, I was trying to look it up during the break, but I still haven't seen anything different in terms of the status of Thielen, who's up in the air, whether or not you want to bank on if he's going or not. But what do you think – Depending on his status, what does that do for K.J. Osborne? Because some of his anytime touchdown scoring props, we briefly discussed that at the beginning of the game, was like plus 210 or something like that. And this is a guy who goes off from time to time, and now with the Bears secondary that's missing all their starters, could that be a guy you would hone in on aside from Jefferson who will presumably go off? But could Osborne be like a buy low spot type of guy because of the unknown availability of Thielen?
5: It, it could be. I know Osborne had the the touchdown, uh, you know, against Pittsburgh. That was a long play, uh, an otherwise good game as well. Um, his numbers in the mid-40s, depending upon where you look, which, again, is something that is, um, you know, I, I would say bettable. Uh, Tyler Conklin has sort of been alternating with him as the sort of third preferred guy in Minnesota. So you wonder in this game, you know, uh, does he uh, get, you know, do they put some guys on on Osborne and, and leave Tyler Conklin open? Uh, that's a question uh that that I have as well. obviously cook out of the backfield as well um you know the, he he probably is a, a person to look at maybe in a longer shot market. I don't necessarily know if I bet over him at mid in the mid 40s for yards just because again he's been so hot and cold.
3: All right, Eric, well, let's move on and talk about tomorrow's slate of games. On Tuesday, we got the Rams-Seahawks-Eagles-Washington football team. Starting with the NFC West, what are your thoughts on the Rams' length seven? The spread went down to four and a half. Now it's up to seven. Total at 45 and a half. Anything worth a bet here?
5: Uh, I think it's Seattle or nothing here. Um, We've seen uh, the Rams not play well against depleted teams like Uh, Depleted good teams uh, like the Titans. Now this question is whether or not the Seahawks fall into that category. Um, You know, with Russell Wilson playing a little bit better week by week, uh, I I do think that they are, uh, you know, they have a shot here to be live. But, uh, you know, if anything, I'm just not laying the points to the Rams. Um, Just remember, like with COVID, the the COVID protocols do not change until Wednesday this week. Um, So, you know, Anything, you know, it, it, there's a lot of risk associated with this. And if you're going to lay points with any of these favorites, just know that, you know, chance, you know it's a coin flip as to which side of these COVID things are going to happen on. And if you're laying seven, you're going to be on the worse side of it, generally speaking, than if you're taking seven, if anything.
3: Yeah, I mean, the Seahawks team has been playing a little bit better as of late. And because the Rams are a little bit depleted themselves, now that it's at the key number of seven, kind of intriguing to look toward the side of Seattle. Uh, Another spread that's close to there. I mean, the Eagles length six and a half. Looks like hurts is going to go this total, a lower one at 42. Anything you liked here?
5: Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think you have to go with the football team, if anything, here. Um, you know, the they just got a few uh, of their defensive linemen off the COVID list, so that helps a lot. Uh, I think people are really betting into the Eagles off of a bye with, you know, really good front you know, front five on the offensive side of the ball, front four on the defensive side of the ball. I think Washington mitigates that a little bit. They, they've been blocking really well uh, up front, especially in the run game on the offensive side of the ball. And on the defensive side of the ball, they have some former first-round picks, even without Chase Young. Uh, They do a pretty good job there. So uh, to me, it's Washington football team or nothing. And I think the total might be a little, you know, at 42 and a half, I think the total is probably right. I think if you get up in that 44 range, I'd probably put a little bit on under.
3: All right, well, Eric. Let's look at some of these futures. I've been really excited to ask you about this NFL MVP. We got a new short shot at Bet Rivers. Aaron Rodgers plus one twenty. Tom Brady, you were laying upward to like minus one seventy. Now he's plus one eighty. Then you got Jonathan Taylor at eight to one. Patrick Mahomes at twelve to one. What is your synopsis on NFL MVP as of this moment?
5: Yeah, I think I, I would still make Brady the favorite. Um, I know Rodgers has played really well. Um, Brady had a really bad game against Tampa, or sorry, against uh, New Orleans. But so did uh, Aaron Rodgers in Week One, and we sort of forget about that. Um, I think Rodgers is, you know, with the division sewn up. I don't necessarily know if you're going to be getting him, you know, against a good Browns defense, for example, next week. Like, I don't necessarily know if you're going to get as good from him as you're going to get from Brady, who has a relatively easy schedule down the stretch. I, I do think Stafford at fifteen to one, Mahomes at twelve to one. Those are two decent long shots um, because, you know, Mahomes here uh, with three straight wins to close out the season is going to earn the Kansas City Chiefs the fourth first round bye in as many seasons for him as the starting quarterback, which is truly remarkable. And I think he'll have to play well down the stretch for that to be the case. And he was wonderful uh, on Thursday night against the Los Angeles Chargers to sort of sew up,
3: you know, basically the AFC West right yeah and i mean geez he could have got patrick mahomes i don't even know what was he like over 30 40 to 1 at some point when they were struggling so the no. odds were insane for mahomes who was now down to 12 to 1. And then, Eric, this, this award I've been going crazy about this whole season, hoping for Brandon Staley and the Chargers to do well, and then Cliff Kingsbury was my only hope, and then they lose to the Lions. But Coach of the Year, Bill Belichick kind of came up, lost to the Colts then this weekend. The odds aren't up right now at Bet Rivers. Some other places have them up. Uh, what's your makeup of Coach of the Year? This thing goes back and forth every week.
5: You got to find the coach who, who exceeded expectations the most, I would say. Uh, you know, right now, I see it a little bit on DraftKings. Uh, Belichick's, you know, basically even money LaFleur three to one. To me, uh, there's an outside chance that the Colts will catch the uh, Tennessee Titans and win the AFC South. If that happens, for it'd be hard to lay off of Frank Reich uh, at 16 to one, um, you know, to win that award because of, you know, how much he's gone through uh, as the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And I know he's revered around the league. So that's one for sure. Mike Tomlin at 50 to one if somehow Pittsburgh sneaks into the playoffs here beats Kansas City in the 425 hour this week uh and then wins against uh uh Baltimore in Baltimore um i think you know Tomlin at, you know at what it would be 10-6 and 1 uh would probably get some
3: votes as well Ooh, I like that, a Frank Wright option with the Colts who are catching up on these Titans who still have a tough remaining schedule to go with a team that's been dealing with so much adversity and injuries themselves. So yeah, Frank Wright, not a bad option. Might have to check that one out. Eric, we are up against it, my man, but thank you as always for providing some insight. Love your content at PFF. Keep up the great work and we'll keep following along for the rest of the season, my friend.
5: Hey, thanks for having me on and enjoy the rest of the games.
3: You got it. You as well. Eric Eager at PFF underscore Eric on the tweets. You can catch him co-hosting the PFF forecast throughout the week. Great analytical discussions on football on a daily basis. And I love his perspective on some of those player awards too. Frank Reich really love that option. I know we've been kind of trying to go with the ins and outs of it throughout the course of the season to see how we can get out of some of our bets, get another value opportunity. We'll discuss it on Wednesday. That's when we typically hit our NFL futures. But that will be a fascinating one to see unfold, as will the NFL. NFL MVP discussion. Aaron Rodgers now the short shot at Bat Rivers. Eric likes Tom Brady still. And look, I mean, maybe because Chris Godwin being out with an ACL, which is just awful, not only for him, for the team, for just so many reasons. Maybe that even gives Brady more of an incentive, not an incentive, but more of a reason for voters to back him. I mean limited weapons, if you want to call it that, I don't know. But the Bucks do have a favorable schedule. So now you're getting a better price for Brady. If you didn't want to lay it, maybe now's your opportunity with Brady at plus 180. Coming up next, final segment on Rush Hour, we are talking props, bears, and Vikings. You won't want to miss it.
5: Hour on VSN, the Sports
3: Betting Network. Bed Rivers Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level because now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. And in addition to that, Bed Rivers has added more and more same game parlay props or college football matchups in just in time for the biggest games of the season. So download the BetRivers app or simply go to BetRivers.com to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21, gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-2707-117. 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Playable in New Jersey as place, sugar Sugarhouse void where prohibited. Okay, it is that time, folks. Welcome back into Rush Hour. Here on v the Sports Betting Network, I am Danny Burke. We've got a Monday night football game to look forward to with the local team, the Bears, hosting the Minnesota Vikings. And since it is the final segment, that means it is time for our best bets, a.k.a. Danny's Dimes, with a little bit of mix of some prop shelf, because all the bets are going to consist of props for tonight's game. I told you I was maybe talking to myself into taking the points with the Bears. Haven't done it yet. We'll see how my mind changes, four kickoff hopefully I just focus on something else so I don't end up taking the Bears it could be the right side but let's get into the props I digress David Montgomery tweeted about it earlier at Danny Burke five on the tweets really liked his bet for Montgomery I think it's even as low as 58 and a half I was hearing people say on other shows here on VEASAN but nevertheless I took 59 and a half over minus 110 look the frustrating thing about backing the Bears in any kind of sense is you don't know how naggy is going to scheme but to me the most success the bears have had this season and in order to have success against minnesota is going through david montgomery He's averaging 16 carries for 68 rushing yards per game at about 4.2 yards per carry. Now he's gone over 59 and a half in five out of nine games, but he's also kind of gotten shafted in a couple of them. Take last week for example against the Packers. He started off with nine carries and had about 40 rushing yards. Then only got one carry in the second half. I've ranted about it so much on the Chicago City Cast, always ranting about the Bears. Like we say, check out the Chicago City Cast. You want more local sports betting content? Aside from that, my point is, if they utilize Montgomery correctly, which they should in the first half at least, because his Vikings run defense, DVOA, rank is 26. They also allow 4.7 yards per carry to their opponent, which is second worst in the NFL. Nagy uses Montgomery in the worst spots and doesn't use him when they should. It just makes no sense. But what he should do is get that ground game established early, Keep your depleted defense off the field against a good Vikings offense as much as possible. Control the time of possession. Really milk that clock and utilize arguably your best offensive weapon in David Montgomery against a poor run defense with missing two of their top guys on the front line. Use David Montgomery. Take advantage of the lower spot here because of... The, I guess, volatility of his usage, that's why you're seeing it low at 59 and a half. And I get it. People are thinking, well, the Bears are going to be trailing, so they're going to have to throw it. You'd think that, but there's been spots where he's gone over it, and that's been the case. Like the Bucks game, for example, uh, they use Khalil Herbert a lot, not saying Montgomery, but they still use the run game a lot because that's been their most consistent source of offense. And they can do that against the Vikings tonight, and I believe they will do that this evening. So give me David Montgomery over 59 and a half rushing yards, minus 110, thinking it's as low as 58 and a half in some spots. So you might get a better number, but would probably play that up to 60 and a half. But 59 and a half seems to be the consensus. Let's hope for a big night out of David Montgomery. The Bears are smart. They'll do that. But are the Bears smart? Well, you know the answer to that. Justin Fields, our next Bears player, we will discuss next. Pass completions for Fields, 17 and a half. You would think this is an automatic play to the under because, well, Justin Fields doesn't get a lot of opportunities and, again, lack of consistency. But I actually like the over in the spot for Justin Fields, minus 110. If we take a look at a seven-game sample size for Justin Fields here, not counting the Browns game where they just he had like six completions, not counting the Ravens game where he left with an injury, He's averaging over 16 completions, and he's gone over 17.5 in four out of those seven games. Now, defensively, the Vikings are allowing opposing quarterbacks to complete more than 22 passes per game, 65% completion rate in the last three games, which is higher than their whole season average of 62%. 10 out of 13 opposing quarterbacks have completed 18 or more passes versus minnesota yes i do think the bears will be trailing at some point and they will need to pass it And the vikings secondary they ranked 12th in dvoa pass events they're not bad but they're also not great words intimidating enough to lay off for Justin Fields you're missing Allen Robinson that does nothing for me in terms of being afraid to bet Justin Fields over it'll just give more reps for Mooney it'll be I don't know why it just happens to be a little bit better it seems when he's not playing but give me Justin Fields over 17 and a half pass completions if you're a little bit cautious with it I understand but I think you're getting a good low spot on Fields in a game where he will eventually have to pass and will do it successfully enough against this Viking secondary. Sticking with Fields, another way that he can be efficient in this game is with his feet. 40.5 is where his rushing yards prop was earlier today. I think this thing has ticked up to about 43.5. I would still consider playing that over because in the last six games, Fields is getting about 7.5 carries per game, getting about 53.5 rushing yards and 7 yards per carry. So he's gone over this mark of 40.5 in four games this season. But if you look at a couple other spots where he missed, he was on pace to get over this against the Ravens. Then he got injured. Then against the Buccaneers where they had no offense, he still managed 38 rushing yards. So he just missed it by a few. But Justin Fields will have to improvise, have to be creative if the secondary of Minnesota is playing solid. And what that opens up is more space for Fields to be creative and run. So Fields will probably have to use his feet like he has done in several other games. So I'm thinking Justin Fields over 40 and a half rushing yards is another viable betting option for props this evening. Last prop we are officially playing tonight. Let's talk Delvin Cook and his receiving yards. Now remember, no Madison in this game. They pick up Wayne Gallman, but it's going to be all Dalvin Cook probably all night. And I think instead of his rushing yards, I think we could get a good bang for your buck with his receiving yards. 15 and a half, had to lay a little bit to the over minus 125, but I'm liking that option for Cook. Now he's gone over 15 and a half receiving yards in six out of 10 games. More importantly, he's gone over 15 and a half receiving yards in the last four games. In that span of the four games, he's averaging over four catches and 33 and a half receiving yards per game. The bears are allowing opposing running backs on average four and a half receptions for 32 and a half receiving yards per game. Plus 11 opposing running backs have eclipsed 15 and a half receiving yards against the bears this season In his career. He's gone over it in four out of five games versus the bears. I know it. It's different every single game, but just wanted to throw that out there. Look, the bears secondary is completely obliterated at this point. And if they're able to shut down, they're going to be so focused, especially if Thielen's going on Thielen, on Jefferson, on Osborne, that that's going to leave it open and easy for Dalvin Cook with the checkdowns with the screens whatever it is i think Dalvin Cook is going to punish the bears in many different ways and in the passing game certainly could be one of them this line's getting up to like 17 and a half in some spots that's probably the highest i would play it 17 and a half but it would not shock me if you see Dalvin get about over 30 receiving yards for this game so if you have enough conviction you could play it higher but i was willing to pay a little bit more to get 15 and a half and would probably play it up to 17 and a half for Dalvin Cook and his receiving yards. So that's the last prop that I'm officially playing. But before we recap everything, let me give you one more prop that you should consider for tonight. Not an official play, but maybe something you could throw a little bit of change on. Because of the price, I did not play it. But let's consider Darnell Mooney over three and a half receptions this evening. It's a steep price, minus 148, but rightfully so. I mean, he's gone over this mark in eight out of 13 games. He's averaging four catches on about seven and a half targets per game. And what's interesting is the dynamic of Allen Robinson. When he has been out, so the games he's been out, Allen Robinson, Baltimore, Detroit, Arizona. In those three games, Mooney was averaging five catches over 10 targets for 90 receiving yards per game. Granted. Andy Dalton was a quarterback in majority of those spots, but still it opens up the door for Darnell Mooney. The Bears will have to pass at some point, and it's got to be to their number one guy, Darnell Mooney. Every opposing lead receiver against Minnesota has gotten at least four or more catches, except for the 49ers who had the lead pretty comfortably, and were just running the ball at that point and ground and pounding against Minnesota but I think Mooney can at least get four catches. I probably put him at about five, but I'm just not in love with betting minus 148 because I think the last couple of times I've done Mooney props, it hasn't gone too well, so I'm a little bit cautious with it, but I do think if you really like it, and if you're willing to lay it, then it's not a bad bet to look Darnell Mooney over three and a half receptions. Might be one that I put like a half unit on, bet the risk, not bet the win type of thing, but Mooney probably gets over three and a half receptions tonight. So that's one just to consider more so. But the official props, just to recap for tonight, we are going with David Montgomery over 59 and a half rushing yards. Hopefully they get him a lot of usage in the first half, try to control the clock as much as possible, and then he's able to get over it midway through the third quarter or something like that. We're going with Justin Fields over 17 and a half pass completions and Justin Fields over 40 and a half rushing yards. Fields is going to have to have a big game, and the Vikings might allow him to. And then speaking of the Vikings, the one player on Minnesota we are betting with is Prop Dalvin Cook over 15 and a half receiving yards minus 125. Best of luck, whatever you play. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to Rush Hour. Hopefully the Bears treat us well. We'll see you tomorrow, but we will catch up again tomorrow. Until then, take care.